And I want you to read these verses with me, will you? Have we got them on the screen? In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You can be seated. The title of what I'm talking to you about today is Thy Kingdom Come. And I'll ask you to bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for an opportunity to share your word. Holy Spirit, we invite you to add your blessings to what we're about to do. Open every ear and every eye, open every heart, every spirit that we might receive what you desire for us to receive. We'll honor you with our praise and our lives in Jesus' name, amen. amen. We enter into the throne room of God with all kinds of requests. The, the verse that I wanna focus on today is your kingdom come or thy kingdom come. But we enter into the throne room of God with all kinds of requests. And we, we typically say our prayers uh, casually like we'd order a burger at the window at a drive-in restaurant. We just pass them on to God and move on to the next thing in our lives. This seems to be kind of inappropriate to me and I know I'm guilty of it. You put, none of you are probably guilty of what I'm talking about, but I, I sometimes am guilty of not taking serious the times that I need to pray for somebody or something. Jesus tells us to pray in verse 10, your kingdom come. When he said that, what we're doing is inviting the Messiah himself uh, to walk with us in our lives, in the world that we live in and through everything that we do, we're asking God to walk with us and, and be a part of our lives. We need to have his presence. We're asking for his presence to be uh, in our heart. This is an appeal to God himself to enter every corner of our lives that we might have him uh, direct our thoughts and direct our actions. Uh, just who are you? Uh, Hebrews uh, 4 and 16, it says that we come boldly to the throne of grace. Uh, in Hebrews 4 and 16, let me find it here. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We're supposed to enter into his presence with more than a casual, God, how about coming into my life? We're supposed to enter into his presence with a seriousness and a, a realization that we're asking God to direct our thoughts, to direct our actions, to direct our lives to the point that we accomplish what he's desired for us to accomplish. Now much of what I'm gonna to say today goes along with the announcement that they made about being involved and doing something in the church. 
I hope you pick up on that as I go through what I'm going to say. Uh, but boldness is in the scripture. So I'm going to go to Esther and I'm going to share a story of boldness with you. I'm going to talk about a couple verses and I'm going to read quite a bit of, of the book of Esther because I want you to get the cruts of it. Now I can't cover the whole book, but I want you to go home and read the book of Esther and see what happens because Esther became bold in her, in her approach to the king. So let's look at, uh, there's a cast of characters here in Esther that we need to understand who they are. I'm not going to try to read all the names that are in this book because I'll butcher the names, but I'll talk about the king and I'll talk about uh, some eunuchs and things, but I'm, I'm not going to butcher the names that are in here. Some of you deep intellectuals can probably pronounce the names, but I'm just, I'm just an old country boy, which is good enough, but I'm going to pass over trying to read the names. But in this cast of characters, we have the king of Persia. He's the king over 127 countries. He had a party that lasted for months. And while he was in this party, he had a beautiful queen, but while he was in this party, he summoned her to come to the party and she refused to come. So in the process of her refusing to come, he had her banned. He took her throne away from her. Then we have a man called Haman, who is the king's right-hand man. He's Mr. Ego. He wants everybody to bow down and worship him. He wants everybody to, to bow down when he walks by and tremble at his presence. Then we have Mordecai, who's the cousin of Esther, who took her in and adopted her when her parents died. He's a type. Of course, Haman is a type of the devil. Mordecai is a type of the Holy Spirit because he's a counselor. He's the one that counsels Esther and tells her what she needs to do. And then we have Esther, a Jew who in the, in the contest, the beauty contest of 127 countries and beautiful women from 127 countries, she won the beauty contest and became the queen. That's pretty amazing that she was more beautiful than anybody in 127 countries. I think God had something to do with that. But uh, Esther is a Jew who became a queen in, in the Persian uh, kingdom. We have two eunuchs. Uh, in verse 21 and 22 of chapter 2, it said, In those days, while Mordecai sat within the king's gate, two of the king's eunuchs uh, became furious and sought to lay hands on the king. So the matter became known to Mordecai, and he told Queen Esther, and Esther informed the king of Mordecai's, uh, in Mordecai's name. So we have these two eunuchs that, that decided they were going to lay hands on the King. In verse 23, it says, And when an inquiry was made into the matter, it was confirmed, and both were hanged on the gallows. I mean, this king, all he had to do was, was blink, and things happened. All he had to do was point his finger, and things happened. These two guys were going to come against him, and he heard about it through the message of Mordecai, and he just had them hanged. He just got rid of them. That's a pretty powerful king that just blinks his eyes and things happen. So uh, Mordecai had heard of this and he, he let him know. So in chapter four, and we're going to read the entire chapters of four and five, and I'll try to make some comments through this uh, so that you follow me, but I want to, I, I could summarize this, but you'll get more out of it if I read it, I believe. 
We can do a storytelling, and, but I think you'll get more out of it if I read it. So I'm going to read the entire chapters of 45 and part, 4 and 5 and part of chapter 6. It said, when Mordecai learned all that had happened, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud voice. I need to back up a little bit. Chapter 3, verse 2. I'm a little rusty. Been a while. Verse 2. And all the king's servants who were within the king's gate bowed and paid homage to Haman. And so the king had commanded concerning him that but Mordecai would not bow or, or pay homage, homage to Haman. Then the king's servants who were within the gate, king's gates said to Mordecai, why do you transgress the king's command? Now it happened when they spoke to him daily, he would not listen to them and they told him, uh, they told it to Haman and see whether Mordecai's words would, would stand. And Mordecai had told them that he was a Jew and Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow or pay him homage. Haman was filled with wrath but he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had told him of the people of Mordecai. Instead, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews uh, who were throughout the whole kingdom of, of Persia, the people of Mordecai. So then in chapter four, it starts out when Mordecai learned all that had happened, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city he cried out with a loud voice, loud and bitter voice, cry. So, so let, me, let me get you thinking like I'm thinking. Here's, here's Haman, who's like the devil himself, who makes this uh, declaration and the king backs him up that if people don't bow and worship him, then they'll be, they'll be done away with. And, and Mordecai won't bow to what Haman has asked for. So he's... he's sought out to get rid of Haman and all the, or Mordecai and all the people that belonged to him. He went as far as, as the front of the king's gate for no one might enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. And in every province here, the king's command and decree arrived. There were great mourning, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping and wailing and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. So Esther's maids, and eunuchs came and told her, and the queen was deeply distressed. Then she sent garments to clothe Mordecai and take his sackcloth away from him, but he would not accept it. And Esther called one of the king's eunuchs, whom he had appointed to attend her, and she gave him a command concerning Mordecai to learn what's, what and why this was. So Haman, or so the eunuch went out to Mordecai in the city square that was in front of the king's gate and Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasures to destroy the Jews. He had promised the king all this wealth if he could destroy the people of Israel, the Jewish nation. And Mordecai heard of it and he let Esther know uh, and also, verse 8, also gave him a copy of the written decree for the destruction which was given um, of the city that he might show it 
uh, to Esther and explain to her and that, the, that he might command her to go into the king and make supplication to him and plead before him for her people. He's, he's sending a message to Esther. She's the queen. She's the most beautiful woman in 127 countries. She has become the queen and he's sending a petition to her to let the king know what Haman's real desire is, is to destroy the people of Israel. So the, the eunuch returned and told Esther the words of Mordecai. And Esther spoke to uh, the eunuch and gave him a command uh, for Mordecai. And the king's servants and the people of the king's province know that, that any man or woman who goes into the inner court of the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death except the one to whom the king holds out his golden scepter and he may live Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king for 30 days. Now here's the king's wife that's been given a message to go and give to the king. And it's, if she enters the court and the king don't stick out his scepter, she's gonna die right there in the, in the courtyard. And there's an order that anybody that don't get the golden scepter will die. Uh, and she hasn't talked to the king for 30 days. I mean, which one of you men hasn't talked to your wife for 30 days? Or which one of you men hasn't had your wife talk to you in 30 days? I'll put it that way. I mean, we don't, we don't even comprehend that. So they said Mordecai, Esther's word, they, they told Mordecai Esther's words and Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think of your heart that you will escape the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and del deliverance will come, will arise from, uh, for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows, listen to this, yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Now I'm gonna reiterate on this in a little while, but they asked for volunteers a while ago. If you don't volunteer, somebody else will. And you'll miss your chance to obey God. I didn't know they were gonna make this announcement, but I'm gonna kinda help you. You've been called for such a time as this to fulfill the will of God for your life. God has a purpose for you and your purpose is to do what the Holy Spirit, the counselor tells you to do. Mordecai is sending Esther a message that if you don't do this, someone else is gonna rise up. How do you believe you're gonna escape the palace when they find out that you're a Jew because they're gonna to try to kill all the Jews? What makes you think you're gonna escape? What makes you think your family is gonna get out of here? You've been saved or you've become queen for such a time as this. You've became a part of Rhema Christian Center for such a time as this. You hear me? You have become a part of Rhema Christian Center for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai 
Go gather all the Jews who are present in the city and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, three nights and a day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. How many of you haven't volunteered to do something because you didn't feel like you was qualified and you were afraid to embarrass yourself? Really? How many of you has the Holy Spirit spoken to and said, you need to do this, you need to do that? And you refuse to say, if I perish, I perish. If my reputation goes down the drink, if people make fun of me, if I'm embarrassed, if I perish, I perish. She sent back the message to Mordecai. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that left Esther commanded. And it happened in the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace across from the king's house while the king sat on the royal throne in the royal house facing the entrance of the house. Here's a young lady who has become queen because she's beautiful. She hasn't talked to, more, to the king for 30 days. Mordecai's give her instructions to go and tell the king what Haman, the devil, is trying to accomplish by destroying the people of Israel. And she put on her robe after a fast of three days, and all the people of Israel fasted for three days, and, and she put on her robe, her best garments, and she walked up to the throne room and stood at the door. So it was, when the king saw her, when, he, when the king saw Queen Esther standing at the court, I, I read one guy's interpretation of this and said the king looked back and said, hubba, hubba. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cute. She found favor in the sight of the king, held out the, uh, to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand, then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. And the king said to her, what do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to the half of my kingdom. Now, I want you to picture, she didn't know if she was gonna die or live in this situation. And she went walking in and because he held out his scepter and she touched it and he told her, he said, whatever you want, I'll give to you up to half of my kingdom. She's not going to perish, is she? So Esther answered, if it please the king, let the king and Haman come today to a banquet that I've prepared for you, for him. And the king said, bring Haman quickly that he may do as Esther has said. So the king and Haman went to the banquet and Esther that Esther had prepared. At the banquet of wine, the king said to Esther, what is your petition? It shall be granted you. What is your request? Up to the half of the kingdom, it shall be done. I mean, I mean, he is, he's whipped, ain't he? 
I mean, all she had to do was walk in and he said, I'll give you up to half the kingdom. What do you want? My son was in, my son who's in the Coast Guard was in Latvia. He was part of an international training group uh, where they went to different countries and trained other Coast Guards and other uh, law enforcement and different things. And he was in Latvia and he would call me, uh, what do you call it on, uh, on the computer? Huh? Skype. He would call me on Skype from wherever he was if he had signal. And he called me one night from Latvia. He said, Dad, I've never seen more beautiful women in my life. <laughs> he said, oh, I'd like to bring one of these home with me, you know. I'm thinking about this king. He'd, he'd picked out Esther from 127, at least 127 or other, 126 other women. She was beautiful and he said, hey, anything you want up to half my kingdom, you can have. Whatever it is, you can have. She's got through her trembling and shaking of whether she's going to die or not and she's feeling pretty bold and she throws a party for him and Haman and uh, he comes back in again and says, what do you, what's your petition? I'll give you half, up to half of my kingdom. That's a powerful thing. And Esther answered and said, my petition and request is this. If I found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, then let the king and Haman come to the banquet which I have prepared for them, and tomorrow I will at I will do as the king has said. Haman went out that day joyful and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate and that he did not stand or tremble before him, he was filled with indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained and called for his friends and his wife. And he names uh, them and he, he, he tells them what Mordecai had done. So they all come to an agreement and they give him a suggestion that he build a gallows so many cubits high and hang Mordecai on it the next day. And so he, he, he thinks that's a good idea. So in chapter six, verse one through 11, it said, that night the king could not sleep. So he was, command, he was commanded to bring, uh, he has commanded, to bring the book of the records and the chronicles and they were read before him. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of two eunuchs, uh, the doorkeepers who had sought to lay hands on the king. And the king said, what honor or dignity has been bestowed on Mordecai for this? And the king's servants who attended him said, nothing has been done for him. In other words, Mordecai had these two guys revealed to the king, he had them hanged because they were going to lay hands on him. So Mordecai, or the king is laying in bed trying to sleep and he can't sleep and he don't know why. So he has his servants bring the book of the Chronicles or the history in to read it to him. And they read about these two servants, these two eunuchs that was going to take his life. 
And he said, what's been done for Mordecai who revealed this uh, treasonous act to me? Then the king said, what honor and dignity has been bestowed on Mordecai for this? And they said, none. So the king said, who is in the court? Now Haman had just entered the court, the outer court in the king's palace uh, to suggest that the king hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. Now listen real close what happened. The king's servant said, that, said to him, Haman is there standing in the court and the king said, let him come in. And Haman came in and the king asked him, listen, he asked Haman, what shall be done for the man whom the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, whom would the king delight to honor more than me? I told you he was Mr. Ego. He was the devil. He wanted worshiped. And if you wasn't gonna worship him, he was gonna take your life. And Haman answered the king, listen what he, listen what he made, what he said, thinking it was gonna to happen to him. And Haman answered the king, for the man whom the king delights to honor, let a royal robe be brought uh, with the king, which the king has worn, and a horse on which the king has ridden, which has a royal crest placed on its head, then let this robe and horse be delivered to the hand of the one uh, of the king's most noble princes, and he may array the man whom the king delights to honor. Then parade him on horseback through the city square and proclaim before him, thus, shall it be done to the man whom the king delights in. Now Haman's got this image in his head. I'm gonna get this robe and I'm gonna get the horse with the insignia on its head and they're gonna put me on the horse and they're gonna parade me around the courtroom because I'm the one the king delights in. He's so egotistical he can't see the trap coming. He can't see it. And he, he, he's, he's all blown up, his head's so big he can't get through the inner court door, you know? He's just full of himself. He's, he's, he's so bound that uh, it's him that he tells the king what, what he needs to do for him because he thinks he's talking about him. Verse 12 says, afterward, Mordecai went back to the king's gate Let me back up a little bit. Verse 10, then the king said to Haman, hurry, take the robe and the horse as you have suggested and do so for Mordecai. This is the guy he's intending on hanging. For Mordecai, um, the Jew who sits within the king's gate, leave nothing undone of all that you have spoken all that Haman had spoken. So Haman took the robe and the horse, arrayed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city square and proclaimed before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. I, 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 would, I would have liked to seen Haman's face, wouldn't you? I'd like to seen Haman's face. He, he was grimacing and, and unhappy and pouting and crying and doing all kinds of things, but he's leading Mordecai around in one of the king's robes on one of the king's horses. Afterward, Mordecai went back to the king's gate, but Haman hurried to his house uh, 
uh, mourning and with his head covered. Now, we, we see all that done. Let's go to chapter seven now. To the king, and ha so the king and Haman went to dine with Queen Esther. And on the second day at the banquet of wine, the king again said to Esther, what is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you, and what is your request up to the half of the kingdom? It shall be done. This is the third time he offers her half of everything he has. The third time that he looks at her, hubba hubba, he's really got it, don't he? He's really uh, hooked on her. Then Queen Esther answered and said, if I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we have been sold, my people, and I do not, uh, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to annihilate it. Had, had we been sold as a male or a female slave, I would have held my tongue although the enemy could never compensate for the king's loss. So king, the king answered and said to Queen Esther, who is he and where is he who would dare presume in his heart to do such a thing? I mean, he's sitting there at the table. He, he don't know, he's about to get nailed. And Esther said, the adversity or the adversary and enemy uh, is this wicked Haman. So Haman was terrified before the king and queen. Then the king arose in his wrath from the banquet of wine and went into the palace garden. But Haman stood before Queen Esther pleading for his life and he saw the evil was determined against him by the king. When the, when the When the king returned from the palace garden to the place of the banquet of wine, Haman had fallen across the couch where Esther was. Then the king said, will he also assault the queen while I am in the house? As the word left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. He's so scared he's laying on the couch begging for mercy. He had no mercy for an entire nation of people, but he's begging for mercy for himself. So what happens after this is uh, he's, he's sent to the gallows that he's had made because Esther's boldness in a time of danger revealed the truth to the king. So the king was so angry that he sent him out to be hanged on the gallows that he had made for Mordecai. And Esther is still the queen. When, when they pray your kingdom, when you pray your kingdom come, what do you expect in such a time as this? How many times have we prayed the Lord's prayer and just prayed the Lord's prayer? not really considered what we were praying, but just reading a prayer out of scripture, what Jesus told us to pray. How many times have we nonchalantly just prayed the Lord's prayer and not thought about it? 
How many times have we said thy kingdom come and not realized we were inviting the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords into our life to direct us? How many times have we assumed that the Holy Spirit isn't around when we've asked thy kingdom come? How many times have we ignored the fact that he's our counselor, that he's our director, he's the director of what we uh, do and what we say and how we feel and, and all about us, that he's the director. Mordecai told Esther what to do and Esther in fear done what, and boldness done what was uh, instructed to her and she delivered a nation of people. I challenge you to go home today and read the rest of the book of Esther and see what happens to the people of uh, Israel and see what happens to the people in 127 countries that had been in agreement with Haman. I challenge you to go and find out what God done among his people when they decided to be bold and do what he instructed them to do. When Esther said, if I perish, I perish. Maybe we need to look at what we've been asked to do and sometimes and say, if I fail, I fail, but at least I will fail trying. I would rather try something and fail than try nothing and succeed, wouldn't you? Uh, we, you know, I, some of you haven't been around this, this place as long as I have. I remember when we built this building, we were having two services a day over in the what's now the Rock Building. And we were running 300 sometimes in this, in this auditorium, in this church, in this building, whatever you want to call it. We had a big discussion about church the other night. But I remember when we had 300 in here, kept Don busy counting, trying to keep every head counted, trying to know how many were here and it was nearly impossible to do. And over the years, we've had volunteers, but we've never had enough volunteers. And you ask somebody to volunteer and what they have to do is more important than what God wants them to do at times. We, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna meddle a little bit. I look around this morning and I'm happy that all of you are here. But there's people viewing us online that should be here. If we listen to what pastor's been teaching us, that we're the body of Christ, the body's incomplete without those people. If you're watching online, the body's incomplete without you being here. I know you're home, I know you pray, I know you're involved, I know you tithe, I know you do all those things, but family support is so much more than just looking at us on a screen. At the cost of her life, Esther said, if I perish, I perish. And she done 
what was given to her to be done. If we're afraid, if we're skittish, if we feel like we're not qualified, Philippians uh, 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength or strengthens me. In John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, it says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Then in 1 John chapter 5, verse number 14 and 15, it says, now this is the confidence that we have. Let me say this. I, I had a Bible study Thursday afternoon at the prison. I finally got back in there after COVID. But I had a Bible study Thursday at the prison and I was uh, talking to the girls about the faith of Abraham. Abraham had nothing but faith to convince him that God was gonna do exactly what he said. Nothing but faith. He couldn't do works, he couldn't live right, he couldn't pay tithes, he couldn't do anything but what God had promised, to have faith in what God had promised. God promises to hear your prayer. If you invite him into your heart, say thy kingdom come, when he comes into your life, he equips you. In, in the first chapter of Ephesians, it says that he's given you every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You, you do without nothing when it comes to what God equips you with. He doesn't lack anything spiritually giving you what you need. But in 1 John uh, chapter 5, verse 14, 15, said this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked, that we have asked of him. This is the confidence that we have. Thursday afternoon, my house is gonna be a madhouse. There'll be 15 to 20 or more people come to the house with expectation and faith that my wife is going to cook the best meal in the world that day. See, to me, she's the best cook in the world. You can feel that about her cooking all you differently about her cooking all you want, but for me, She's the best cook in the world. There's not a one of my kids, my grandkids or my great-grandkids that's gonna show up at my house and believe that they're not gonna have a feast because they have a relationship with the giver. No doubt in their mind. They're not going to knock on the door and say, can I come in? 
They're not going to wait on me to open the door and say, oh, come on in. They're just going to burst in. And she's going to have something to snack on for them before they get to sit down at the table. They don't eat so much that way. <laughs> They're just going to walk in, give Nanny a hug, give Pappy a hug, and go find a place to sit down and wait on the meal to be put on the table. No, no doubt. Dave, there won't be no doubt that they'll get fed. And if there's any leftovers, I won't get any because they'll take them home. <laughs> and that's all right. That's all right. When are we going to decide that we have confidence in what God says and promises us? When are we going to say, it's by faith that I do this? It's by faith that I walk with God. It's by faith that his kingdom is in me. It's by faith that he covers every corner of my life. It's by faith that he enters in and deals with every part of my life. My only, my only requirement is to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the messenger, and do what the messenger says. That's my only requirement. Some of you think you never hear the Holy Spirit, but if you stop and listen long enough, you'll hear him. Every blessing is always connected to God's purpose. Every blessing is connected to God's purpose. 2011, most of you know this, but I'm gonna just make a point of it. 2011, I think it was May, uh, I had a stroke. And I was not Mr. Man of Faith when I was laying over in the hospital in the emergency room. And they told me I was gonna have to learn to walk and use my hands. Those of you that have been around me enough know that I, I'm kind of a busy person. I, I do stuff all the time. I was not Mr. Man of Faith. I laid there and cried for myself. I'm being honest with you. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm just telling you how it is. And there was people all over the country praying for me and, and part of the world. A little old resident come in there and said, can I pray for you? He was checking my vitals and I said, sure. And he prayed and I'll never forget him. The point I'm trying to make, that was on a Tuesday, I was told I wasn't gonna be able to walk and use my hands. Although I had walked to the car holding on to Stuart and he had flown me to the hospital. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever passed anybody on Brick Hill or not, but Stuart did that day. <laughs> I went to the hospital on Tuesday and that's what they told me. And on Friday, I walked out of that place by myself. I, I want to I make this point. God has a purpose in that blessing. And I said at home, and I said, God, why did you heal me? And not this one, and not this one, and not this one, and not this one. 
because I know better than they are. Matter of fact, I might not be as good. And the only conclusion that I could get out of that was, I'm not done with you. We've had eight girls saved at the prison this year, just in the last two months. Got a whole new group of people down there that are coming to the Bible study. God's not finished with you. God's not finished with you. God's not finished with you. You're just gonna have to get bold enough to understand that when you invite the kingdom of God into your life, you're gonna have to believe it's there. They've asked for volunteers today. They've asked for volunteers today for people to work. You called them something else. I can't hear over there because we don't have a monitor. Now, we want involved. Yeah, you want you involved. I had my hearing aids on and I couldn't hear over there in the corner. But, but you need to be involved. I had a pastor, the first church I, I went to after I got saved or when I got saved, we had a pastor that got everybody involved. It was a small country church. I understand. I understand. But he got everybody involved in one way or another because if he knew they were involved, they had ownership in the place. Esther was entitled to half of the kingdom of Persia. When you get involved, you have ownership in the place. I've gone to Haiti multiple times, I've gone to other places, but I've gone to Haiti multiple times. And every time I go with a group of people, there's a special bond between all those people that went that was never there before. You get involved in this place and you'll make relationships and bonds that will last a lifetime and you'll have ownership in not just Rhema Christian Center, but the, the kingdom of God. You're qualified. You're qualified. Stand with me. I'm meddling now, so I'll quit. <laughs> Cora, it's good to see you. I see another face or two that I haven't seen for quite a while. God's good, ain't he? Well, let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for another wonderful day. We thank you for Rhema Christian Center and this place. We thank you for the body of Christ all over the world. We thank you that you've got people willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to sacrifice to bring your kingdom into the world. So Father, we ask that you impart truth and revelation into each and every heart. Let what's said today bring strength and dedication into the body of Christ. Let our hearts be enriched, let our spirits be uh, enlightened and excited let us become all that you desire us to become regardless of the cost.
If I perish, I perish. In such a time as this, let us hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. The prayer team will come and bless you. I hope you got something out of this. God bless you.